if you want to build a personal brand that's strong, that is unforgettable, that you bring with you anywhere you go in conversations, embrace more parts of you. Don't be afraid. You're listening to Wild Creative, a podcast designed to inspire new ways of thinking, evoke wild ways of being, and excavate enriched understandings about our purpose, creativity, and wellness. I'm your host, Emma Kvetna, maker and mystic, teacher and writing coach, entrepreneur and Sagittarius. I am joining you today from the traditional territories of the Mi'kmaq people in Nova Scotia, Canada. Without further ado, let's explore the wild creative. Hello and welcome to Wild Creative. Today we're talking about all things to do with confidence in who we are and how to really embody that. My guest is someone very special who has such a passion for helping entrepreneurs step into their true selves and level up their life and business. And you can really hear her passion come through in our talk today. My guest is Lillian Kaw. She shared so much wisdom today about alignment and what that really even means, the importance of developing skills of awareness, how to deconstruct and then reconstruct yourself into your ideal true brand, and also finding your superpower. So to give you some background on Lillian, she describes herself as a brand strategist, certified coach, and chief soul nourishment officer to entrepreneurs. Lillian helps entrepreneurs go from being the best kept secret to confidently sharing their brand. She helps entrepreneurs tell their stories from their heart effortlessly to humanly connect with their audience. She has worked with clients from nine different countries to date. She believes in helping entrepreneurs become and embody their next level identity. Lillian's clients sometimes call her a brand therapist as she helps them drop their masks and speak and show up from their hearts for the first time in a long time. No more pretending or hiding themselves. They're free to be who they are. And Lillian thinks that that is the most beautiful thing in the world. Lillian joined me today via Zoom from her home in Australia. Hello, Lillian. Thank you for joining me on Wild Creative. Oh, thank you for having me, Emma. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to talk with you again after having talked with you back in December, I believe it was. It was a little while ago, and we had a nice long chat back then off record. But now you're here on the podcast, so this is great. And it's it's good timing, actually, because my guest I had before you was a multi-passionate artist coach, and she talked about how personal branding is so important for musicians and artists and well anyone really who wants to be in the public eye with their business and you are a brand therapist or that's what you call yourself which is awesome so I do want to get into personal branding on a deeper level with you uh, today hopefully but before we do that um, I was wondering how did you get into this line of work Mm. (laughs) Emma that's a loaded question Um... I know (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, Emma, when I was, um, I think it all started when I was like maybe a teenager and I didn't know this was personal branding per se. So I really wanted to stand out from my friends, right? So I I was asking myself, how am I different from everyone else or am I the same? When I was in primary school, like they made us cut our hair till about, you know, 
cut all of our hair. So I have short hair and wow. it will be about the length of our ears. And all the girls had the same haircut. So I was in that kind of like Chinese school, a lot of, yeah. um, well, as you can imagine, a lot of authority, you can't step out of line. And I was trying to figure out how am I different when we all kind of look the same. Right. Um, so as a teenager, I started drawing this eyeliner on my eyes, right? So I started like lining my eyes with this black liner and I would spend hours trying to get it perfect, both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it paid off because today I can draw it in three seconds. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but... I still can't do it at all. So <laughs> I think that was like at the very start, you know, it was the yeah. idea of how could I be different? And I carried this question with me throughout marketing, throughout business, throughout sales. I asked myself these questions and I asked my asked my clients these questions. And sometimes when we talk about branding, you know, we don't have to make it so complex as to there are a lot of steps to branding. I'm not going to go into it. There's something I teach my clients as we go into further. But I think one of the most important questions to ask in personal branding is how am I different? And on the Enneagram, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Yeah, I know the Enneagram test. Yep. I'm a four. <laughs> I'm a four. Like four is yeah. the one that wants to like try to see themselves as like, I guess a little bit like how 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 am I different from everyone else? I only later found out, like maybe last year, found out my Enneagram. I was like, oh, that makes sense, huh? My whole life I've tried to yeah. be different. And I'm I see how other people's gifts. I see how other people's strength and the way they experience this differentiates them from another person. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how I got into branding unknowingly throughout my entire life. It was just sequence of events that made me kind of guided me almost to pursue a career in personal branding. It was like I was made for this role. I almost yeah. feel like that. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Like a calling almost like. This was this was mm. always meant to be, right? Yeah, it's and I think that's a good question. A lot of people ask ourselves, uh, myself included, how can I stand out? When what even makes me different? Because like in today's world, especially with the online world, they're so saturated with so many people and brands and things and stuff and and businesses already. It is really difficult to stand out. I find these days, or if you don't know, if you don't know yourself, right? So yeah, and, and it was interesting before we were talking, you mentioned about rewilding yourself and like coming back to yourself and that you're kind of going through a bit of a, a time right now where you're doing that again. So do you find that you like every now and then you have to like find yourself again? Oh, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I, you know, I've been in conversation with, um, a few people and I think what has been coming back to me is that people think that oh once I find myself then it's done I found myself full stop period it's complete you know but I want to encourage people to think bigger than that because it's not one event that changed your life it's like you're you're constantly growing and learning you're constantly learning more and more about yourself you're constantly realizing, bringing to awareness that, oh, actually, this feels even more right. You're kind of testing your mm. own hypothesis and then disproving 
or maybe strengthening that belief like hey see this strengthens this belief and it becomes stronger and stronger and you have a it's almost an internal experience that you grow your core right it's like you're expanding even more into what feels good you're expanding mm-hmm. even more into yourself and online like you when you spoke about being in the online space well I think what happens is that a lot of people start copying a lot of people start pretending a lot of people start comparing to other people and think they should be like them but you didn't see that they were doing their own work to become more like themselves why are you trying to walk their path when you have your own path to walk Mm-hmm. And I think that's a reminder that comes back to me as well. It doesn't mean that when I help people do this work, it doesn't mean that my work is complete. It's just that I may be a little bit further along, but we're both walking the same path. We're walking our own path, right? Yes. And I, I just, there is no set path. Can I just say that? I can give you a strategy that I have done, but it may not work for you because that's not your path to walk. And we have to find out what's most true for you and what's most helpful and what's most suitable for your own path. So it's a very personal journey. And when you build a personal brand, I feel like the most authentic way to do it, the most aligned way to do it is to do it truly based on who you are. What do you really want? And I don't mean by head one, I mean the heart one. Mm-hmm. I move you from the head to the heart. And you kind of connect the both. They're both kind of in symphony. It's like playing a whole orchestra together. And when you do that, life feels good. Life feels mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, I'm just flowing with life. And of course, learning skills. And it sounds like music. <laughs> yes, you know? it does. Um, you know, I was at a workshop, Emma. So this workshop, it was like a singing workshop. And everyone was encouraged to sing one tune. Just pick a tune. And just sing it. And honestly, from that exercise, the insight that I got was, it doesn't matter. Sometimes my tune may clash with a whole bunch of other people. Then they're not my people. Mm. But sometimes when I hold a tune and it matches with the surrounding tunes, all the tunes that other people sing, it's like harmony. And I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe that's my people. That's that, That's the insight that I get. It's like, but whatever you do, you have to hold your own tune. You have to, you don't have to, it's like in that moment, you want to shift it when it feels a little bit uncomfortable, but you don't because you know that this is my tune. Right. And what if everyone has a tune and what if it's perfect? What if you don't have to change it? Yeah, exactly. And and if you are trying to like, be somebody else's tune or match their tune then you'll just sync up and literally blend in like you won't even be able to tell the difference between them because they'll sound the same so it doesn't work really to copy or mimic other people like like you said everybody has their own path their own tune so why would you try to follow somebody else that means you actually won't stand out well i mean you know there's nothing wrong with following another tune like you definitely can But I think what's most important is that I think it's the intention behind it. Mm -hmm. Am I following the tune because I want to fit in because I don't want to sound jarring? It's uncomfortable to stand out. Right. I think that's more important because 
then you realize that, oh, if you're aware of those tendencies, then you, you, you know that, oh, these are people-pleasing tendencies, or I don't want to stand out, I'm afraid. It's, it's uncomfortable when the light is shone on me, when I'm yeah. off tune. There's nothing wrong about following another person's tune. You can, but I think it's more important to just reflect on whether there are discomforts, their intention. Um, that's where I kind of think of it that way. That makes sense. You can be inspired as well by other people's tunes. and Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned in there a little while ago about uh, being aligned and finding alignment and that sort of thing. And I feel like that's such a buzzword. Like we hear about alignment all the time these days. But what does it actually mean to you, like to be aligned? Okay. When I think of alignment, it's almost like an expression, an authentic expression. I think it is a buzzword, you know, everyone's finding alignment. Yeah. When I, okay, let's maybe take a view from how does it feel in the body? Because I can say, oh, I'm, I am aligned. But actually, when I say that word aligned, it's actually a sensation in the body. Mm-hmm. It feels right. It feels like it's the natural next step. And when we move really quickly, when we, especially when we kind of like zoom past life, you are kind of just operating from the head. It makes sense in the head but sometimes when that happens you're not kind of not checking in with your heart when you think of your head it might be logical it might be based on conditioning it might be based on other people's opinions but what I want to encourage people to do is kind of take a moment almost kind of take two steps back from the situation and zoom out a little bit and then you kind of get to see, oh, okay, this is the entire situation objectively without your programming, without all those emotions that come into play, without all the separators coming up, what is actually here? And you kind of put your hand on your heart and you just reflect with your innermost core self, oh, is this really where I want to go? And at that point, well, it can be a yes, it can be a no, it can be a I don't know then you can explore. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a, for example, if you're out of alignment, your heart, you have two parts of you talking. You're like, yes, but I don't want to. So maybe there's a fear. And then when you address the fear, it strengthens your point of moving forward. It could be yes. And then it's like, oh, most definitely. Right. And then, you know, then, you know, you can move on that way. So I guess like you're just kind of checking in almost reflecting, taking two steps back. And when you make decisions that way, it feels, it just gives it a little bit more space to check in. Then rather we can do this our entire life, just live in the head and go, 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 go from the head. And then at the end of the day, you look back, you're like, this is not what I wanted. I didn't want to build this. This is not, this is not for me. I built this because my coach told me to. Or I built this because I saw the other person doing it because it worked for them. And you didn't check in with yourself to see whether that's what I really wanted. Right. Um, And that's a whole process of realizing what we want. Yeah, I like that definition of alignment. Very body focused and bringing yourself out of your head back to your body because you are also a body. You're not just a mind, Mm -hmm. right? You're not just your thoughts. And not everything you think is real also so good to go into your body to feel and it doesn't take 
it doesn't take very long, you know, because right. I think once you get really used to doing it, sometimes it's just a matter of seconds. Like you're like, all right, yeah, yeah. good. It becomes like a skill that you build. Yeah, second nature. And I think you'll know pretty quickly if it's a if a yes or a no in your body. Like usually you can tell right away, but you can't often mm-hmm. tell when you're just listening as you set up in your head. Because you can you can think your way out of something or think your way you're you know, make yourself believe something in your head, but in yeah. your body it's different. So yeah. So for you, uh how do you how do you know when you've found yourself again like how do you know when you you're in alignment Mm. actually emma i know when i'm not in alignment it's like i catch so sometimes like these things are they're not as clear cut you know i don't have a i don't have a box or diagram for myself like yeah for, for me personally i know when i see behaviors there's certain behaviors that um, for example, I actually don't watch that much TV, but when I start watching more TV, that's when I know like mm-hmm. something is bothering me and I have to go kind of like unravel things, open the box, have a look inside and kind of do my own self-care hygiene things like so that I get back into alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage everyone listening to this to observe your own behaviors. Like when do you feel not aligned? Being in alignment is almost like being in a flow. But at some point, because it's live, you get off it. You're like, oh, actually, this doesn't feel good anymore. Like I need, like there's something else, like something shifted. I need to look at it. Yeah, that's where I've been the last month. <laughs> I've been <laughs> off the, I don't know, the train track or the flow, whatever you want to call it. Uh, looking yeah. at like, you know, what's going on here? What's really going on? So yeah, no, I think that's a better point to know when you aren't in alignment versus when you are, because it's probably more often that you will not be in alignment. And so if you can notice that, it's it's a little more obvious to you. Yeah. I also want to add to that. I used to get very upset at myself for being off alignment. I'm like, you know, you're teaching this, like, how can you be off alignment? I had to kind of reconcile within myself that I am human too. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, like it's sometimes like I, I just want to say this because we all get off alignment. It is part of life. You know, when you look at when you look at life, it can't always be like joy, 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 joy. It just it's not realistic. It's not nature. It's not how nature works. Even yeah. even as nature, there's four seasons, you know. Like, how is it to say that I am constantly in joy? It is not. And I think it it is the time when I'm off alignment that it teaches me the most. I learned so mm. much from being off alignment. And I take this as cues for me to grow. And when I can get so intimate with them, when I'm not fearful of what they bring, I'm not afraid of what the lessons that are in store for me. It's like that's where my biggest growth points are when I get so intimate with them. And sometimes, you know, when I do branding, I say it's branding, but it really is getting so intimate with the points that are difficult at this point, with the struggle, with what is here. And as we work through that, it opens up more and more of yourself. And you find that you have more resources, more energy, more happiness. You access more things. Like, then rather working on just the surface things, 
like, oh, okay, let's get a brand. So what? Once I get the brand, I give you the strategy. So what? I need you to, to show yourself, to let the sh light shine on you, to let you be seen by the world. You need to be ready for that. You need to be ready to step into the light. And that can only be achieved, in my opinion, through embracing the parts of you that are shame, they're scared, they're fearful. Those mm. parts will set you free, ironically, yeah. right? Because right. you're like, no, we need to put it out. Like, don't come in, but you're not allowed. But actually, when you allow them, it's like they are still parts of you, right? They are, they are you. And when they in, they're included in the conversation, it's like suddenly you have reclaimed those parts as yours. More of you are here now. And it's all okay to be here. Yeah. It's the most oh, beautiful work and the most transformative work. I, well, you know, I'm very passionate about it. But yes. it, it, mm -hmm. I, I really feel like this is, if you want to build a personal brand that's strong, that is unforgettable, that you bring with you anywhere you go in conversations, in podcasts, wherever that is, embrace more parts of you. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid. Like we all have those parts. I love that. I love what you said about the different parts of us that we close off to conversation when we like push that part of ourselves away. It's like you're shutting mm -hmm. down a discussion that you could have with yourself. You know, it's it's better to move through these things than away from them. And like you said, it's not like it's not like once you move through it, it's going to go away forever. Anyway, it's going to come back around. That season is going to come back. Fall is going to come back. <laughs> Spring yes. will come back too, right? It's in winter. So, <laughs> I love that. That's such a good metaphor. <laughs> so, mm. when clients come to you, what state are they usually in? So I work with a lot of clients who like I mentioned the parts of themselves that they have shame mm -hmm. or they feel like even gifts and strengths that are already there but they can't they just can't seem to integrate it they can't yeah. see it you know, I know that people have told me this but I just can't it's just not me doesn't feel like me um it could be well usually I don't well, I like working with people who have already have some sort of success in their business, um, but they want to go to the next level. They want to move into the next possible version of themselves because they just know you can feel this potential inside and you're like, I'm just caged. My wings are clipped, right? And I just want, I can feel my wings. Help me spread them. Help me spread them and freaking fly. <laughs> That's who I want to help. And I tell you, it's um, it's very interesting, right? Because when I put an intention out, even in my head, I hold it very closely to my heart. I put an intention out that that's who I want to help. And it's very often that's who I attract as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's, it's about clarity, right? Because I know who yeah. I want to help. They are the same people that turn up that uh, would be in this space as well. Yeah, this these are the people that I that usually come to me at this stage. It's they usually are ready to break through. Mm -hmm. That's that's who I actually usually work with, and it's like they know that there are some maybe have done a little bit of personal development work, but feel like 
okay, I can't find lasting change. Like I know I can rewire some thoughts, but there are things that I want to integrate between the head and the body. Yeah. Um, and of course, like in my methodology, I work through five different levels of that. That can be somatic, it can be emotional, it can be mental, it can be behavioral, it can be unconscious. So these levels that we work with, it's like a holistic approach to integrating all these parts. And then we express that in branding because branding is an expression. It's like, all right, this is how I want to build it. Yeah. And these are the stories that I'll tell. And this is how I connect. And this is how I'll be visible. And then we build in the strategies as well. But first of all, if you can't integrate those parts, you can still tell a story, but it won't be as strong as, strong as a story you can tell just because of the way you tell it. You know, each person can... Each, like two actors can speak the same script, right? But then why is it that one can speak it better than the other? Is it because they embody it a little bit more? Is it because they believe in it? What is it? like? What's the internal dialogue that happens inside? Right. And each one has their own style in doing it as well. So it's kind of like just getting into the nitty gritty. And whatever you do, do you. Do you the best. You don't have, mm-hmm. most actors are employed because they are dumb. It's how they would express it. Like, this is the way that yeah. I would do it. What's your expression? So I, I like that using that using that tool acting or at least using it as a metaphor. But do you ever encourage your clients to embody and act as if they already are the person they want to be? Like kind of like a manifestation type of thing, but mostly mindset, like, how do you employ that in your methodology, the acting? Well, I don't see it as um, maybe a better word to use would be experimenting. Mm-hmm. So right. maybe acting is also experimenting with like what you want to. So if I say that, like, for example, no, actually, a lot of the work that I do does rely upon. Well, when you talk about who you want to be. What if I told you that who you want to be already exists in some form today? What if we brought that and kind of get it closer to you? What if it's not five years from now? Um, A lot of my clients, when we work together, I do an exercise. Like my program is called Future Self-Branding. A lot of them kind of have a version, like maybe a version of themselves they want to be. So we do an exercise uh, kind of going through like who they what they want to be, how much they want to earn, right? You know what's crazy is that sometimes when you have a five-year timeline, if that vision is strong enough or if it's meant to be, I see that a lot of times people get closer to that version of themselves, sometimes even within six months, sometimes within a year. Mm-hmm. It, it, I just want to say this. It's not a timeline. Sometimes these dreams can be really big. I've set visions for myself to come to Australia many years ago when I was, since I was maybe like a teenager, I knew that I was going to be overseas. I just knew. And I made my complete transition. I've arrived in Australia, got my visa, partner visa sorted and everything. That vision I held for many, many years, for decades, maybe more than a decade. But some visions can happen within if it's a psychological vision, if you want to be mm-hmm. psychologically at a certain place, for example, I want to feel happier. I want to maybe feel like confident. So those are psychological traits. 
-hmm. If those traits, we're talking about those traits, it can arrive literally tomorrow, today. Right. I just want a whole space for that. I don't know when. I can't promise you that. I encourage all my clients to hold space for it. And it usually comes quicker than what we have in mind. Because all those traits that you want already exist. And here's the trick. It's whether you allow it to enter. It's whether you allow yourself to feel it. And the quicker you can allow it, the quicker you can embody those traits. I know this because Emma, I um, I think if any superpower I have is that I can teach myself to embody any state I want. Mm-hmm. I can teach myself to be happier. I can teach myself to feel more fulfilled. I can teach myself to feel more love. And if we see it as a skill and not as such a mystery, then it is accessible. Mm-hmm. Whatever version of yourself you want to be is not elusive. It's a systematic process. It's an uncovering. It's a learning process. Like we're kind of learning a new language almost so that we can embody those states. And, you know, let's not make it so woo-woo that it's this other thing that I'm trying to become. It's always in the moment, like what decisions are you choosing from what space you're choosing, from what intention you're choosing, which is why it is very, very important. And as part of my program is the first thing that we work on is awareness. And the more awareness we have in introspection we have, the further along you will get. And you will find that it will serve you again and again and again. This skill of awareness will be your strongest skill in propelling you forward and becoming that future version of yourself. Because without that skill, is you have to rely on someone else to point it out to you. But with that skill, you realize that, oh my goodness, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. And sometimes you may, someone, you may need someone to point guard you. I still have those people in my life that point guard me because with awareness, great. But sometimes I still have blind spots. Sometimes I can't see. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. That's the right. fact. But I think once you you build over time, as I said, you know, becoming more more of yourself is also gaining more awareness about um yourself and also about the world and how you relate to it. Yes. I love that. And, and that you mentioned the self-awareness thing. That's I totally relate to that personally. I feel I've been coming I've I feel I've been becoming way more self-aware the past through two or three years um at least. And it's like now it's like once you know something about yourself, you can't unknow it. You're going to like you can't you're going to always notice it now, you know, like it's always going to be there. So it really is such a valuable skill and a tool to use in figuring yourself out and what you want to do in your purpose. So um, and speaking of your methodology, and uh, I think you mentioned earlier, there was five steps in it. I was wondering if you could give us a quick rundown of like what the steps are and like what it entails. And I know it's uh, broken up into like deconstructing is the first section and then reconstructing is the last two steps. So I was just wondering Mm -hmm. if you could, yeah, give us a little overview of that. Yeah, so let's start with deconstructing, right? So when I say deconstructing, it's sort of like, I only work one-on-one, by the way. So I don't have any other offerings in terms of group. And the reason being is that it's a very intimate process. So we have to deconstruct like what's there. 
Um, so depending on the person, the beauty of working on one-on-one is that we get to know you really intimately and get to know like what is already here and kind of uncover all these like threats, right? And just kind of put it on the table and you can see it bird's eye view. And so I think when I say deconstruct, it is sort of, well, just deconstructing, maybe like what is your strength? What are the strengths? So those are the things, your experiences that are here. Let's also look at your experience, uh, sorry, experiences that are here and also look at your past as well. So mm-hmm. kind of like making sense of what has happened in the past. Yeah. And we'll kind of like collect, okay, so my one of my superpowers is also to pick up things that are most important and I kind of put them in a package, in a bundle. So we'll do that. Um, and in that process, like you can expect, and I've seen all my clients go through this, you can expect a lot of things being trudged up and you might have to work through a couple of things. I'll help you through that. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I bring in my coaching skills. And then we build the stories in the reconstruct portion where we take whatever that's important and then we put them into buckets. And then we kind of try to make sense of, okay, this is all that has happened and this is where I want to go. Let's see how how I can integrate them into one whole brand. And how can I, who do I want to help? And let's put that into a brand and focus our attention in attracting uh, people that are looking for the same thing that I'm wanting and passionate about sharing. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like an overview of how yeah. to deconstruct versus reconstruct. I think it's important because if we disregard, especially for coaches, healers, artists, and especially when you're coaching others using your own experience, right? Like it is very important to tell that story and people um, connect to story essentially so that's something that we do. So deconstruct and then we use it, use the stories in the reconstruct portion. And the steps that we go through is, well, you got to first build awareness. It's so important. And with that, we also look at like the beliefs that you hold because the awareness of what you're looking at will dictate what beliefs you hold. And we can challenge those beliefs. So once you challenge those beliefs, you realize that some are true. Some I want to keep, the good, one, the good ones I keep, and sometimes we even amplify it. Because if you think of a fire, right, a fire burns, like maybe maybe in the body you're like, all right, this fire feels a little bit like tiny, a little flame, <laughs> flickers, I'm afraid it'll go out. I know that it's there. I know these are there, but it might go out. You know, if I blow it, if the wind blows a little bit harder, bye. <laughs> yeah. When hardship and challenges come, gone I don't know where it went to it went to hiding so sometimes you want to amplify that strength so we fan the fire so we amplify that and sometimes we build a bonfire (laughs) you know Um, that's how I see it Mm -hmm. with um, building strength so we amplify that but other times there are like I spoke about like sometimes there are parts that if I notice there are parts that um, are not claimed and as a coach, like it's my job to, I guess it's my job to see what's already here. As I said, I see a lot of things that are unique about a person. I see myself that way. I see others yeah. that way. And I bring that out. I bring that out of the person and I encourage them to become but kind of like, it's like future self, but yeah. it's already here. I want people to realize that it's not 
some far-fetched dream. No, it's here. And I help them embody that version. I'm like, is it, is it really not here? And challenge that belief. And if it's here, let's embrace it. Let's allow it. And I do a lot of allowing work in terms of integrating that as well. And that's part of the process. And then we go into strategy. And then we go like, okay, these are visibility strategies. These are strategies to engage people. These are strategies to interest people. Then only we talk about those marketing strategies, right? But because before that, if you don't have all of those down, you don't have awareness down. If you don't have challenging the beliefs down, if you don't have integrating all of that down, then how are you supposed to integrate that into any of the strategy? I will be giving you scripts then. Then what's mm-hmm. the point of writing a script? It has no emotion. It has no energy in it. And I had like a client that she was, uh, we, worked on, we worked on her elevator pitch. And I see this quite often, right? Like she'll take it and she will basically bring it to networking. So like right. networking sessions. And yeah. it is so important to show up with a conviction and also a belief in what you do. Because if you mm-hmm. don't believe in what you do, then how can you expect anyone else to believe in what you do? It was the exact same script that she read out first first round when she did it. It was a sort of like, uh, can you imagine like a down energy, almost like constrictive, don't look at me energy. And right. she would just mumble, this is what I do. And, uh, you know, just like that. Yeah, yeah. And versus uh, when we worked on it and we kind of expanded into it, uh, I shared how I would introduce myself, and she tried again. She gave it a she gave it a go again, and she actually tested it out in networking groups. And she told me like people like instantly same words but different delivery. It's so insane because you can have the words. We can work on el- an elevator pitch, but the way you deliver it is so important. Like what's mm-hmm. going on in your head if you are holding a limiting belief about nobody's gonna buy this nobody's gonna care like you will know how you will start talking your even your body posture closes Mm -hmm. down right even your voice gets a little bit smaller I can almost imagine like your energy kind of just compacts a little bit but when you start feeling confident in yourself you kind of just open up you know your shoulders roll back a little bit Mm -hmm. your head goes a little bit taller your body's a little bit straighter yeah. And you're just confidently presenting it, um, which is why I say that I can give you the elevator pitch th- and then what? Are you going to do something about it? And then how are you going to express it? Are you going to put it on your website? Are you going to talk to people about it? Are you going to test it? It's very important. And are you going to convert that into stories? Are you going to tell your story in your social media? What kind of content are you going to create? It's so important, the energy behind it, which is why the work that we do prior to that is so essential. Because if I don't do that work, I don't want to just give you an elevator pitch and then do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. So it just sits there and look pretty. And then it's like right. a shelf that collects dust. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants <laughs> that. <laughs> so, no. so, so that's a good point then. So you not only help people get to that confident place, but you help them in such a way that they now know what their next step is. It's not just like, here's, here's, as you said, like, here's the script or here's your website or whatever. 
it's here it is and and now what what are you going to do with it like how are you going to go into the integrate back in the world now after working with me is that right is that oh, kind 100%. of accurate yeah 100 percent. and i'm very very big i'm very very big on taking action because right. if that doesn't happen it would just sit there and do nothing yeah i i just i can't like it breaks my heart just to see all that work that we've done and i think sometimes people fall back into fear you know they fall back into fear mm-hmm. like oh what if like i have all this confidence like you only can build more confidence if you allow more in it's sort of yeah. like it's not that once you build it you will keep it it's a practice it's yes. almost like you gotta keep going at it practice open up open up open up like it's a constant it's a constant challenge it always feels uncomfortable and I think one uh, one of the challenges for me is also to constantly be okay to feel uncomfortable and yeah. that's entrepreneurship right like right. we all try new things and it all feels uncomfortable and like it's just being at some point it will feel um at some point when we do it enough as a practice, it'll become your new normal. Um, but until then, we got to keep feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it really is a lifelong skill to yeah. be able to work through those things. Yeah, so it's super valuable, the work that you do with people. Um, oh, but they, so it's, it's, it's up to them, though, to practice it after they're done with you and keep it going. I think that's... well. It is true, but even, well, I mean, the reason why I call it brand coaching also Mm. is because the work is actually not the bulk of the work. It really lies with the client, you know, like it doesn't really, like my job is to guide. My job is to hold space. My job is to see the blind spots. My job is to communicate it in a way that people can understand. Um, But the work though, the work sits with the client. Yeah. The work sits with the person that's working with me, right? It's yeah. sometimes I I really, I see a lot of my clients being so brave and I honor them for being brave and for doing the work because I know it's not easy. It's not easy, right. but we're not meant to do this alone. And I just want to say that because I've been there, I know, and I do this work because, well, I'm not, when I did it, it's like me holding myself crying and not knowing the next step, you know? Right. There's so much pain in that. Like, I'm like, what if what if I could help people just figure this out so that it doesn't have to be as hard as I make yeah. it out to be or my full, or my full brain, which complicates it, right? <laughs> right. Um, what if it can be easy? What if there's a step, like what, 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 if, what are the coaching tools that can help me move through it quicker than what I have gone through. What if they didn't have to go to depression to find these answers? What if I learned this tool sooner? And that's what I bring to the table. Um, Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's, can you figure this out by yourself? Absolutely you can. But I guess, how quickly do you want to figure it out? And Mm -hmm. I feel like as I figure, as I learn these tools for myself, I'm like, I wish someone had gifted these tools to me earlier. Yeah. Um, I wish... I wish that I did have to go through all of that pain or maybe everything happens for a reason. Maybe I had right. to so that I can communicate better, I communicate it better or so that I can come up with my own frameworks. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just feel like 
these tools should be in the hands of as many people as possible. No, I agree. And it is really tough work to do and on your own, especially. So, mm. yeah. So let's talk about the superpowers for a second, because you mentioned that earlier and how you have your own superpowers and you help clients find their superpower. What could be a tip that you could give our listeners today for how they might go about figuring out their superpower? Ooh, okay. I recently helped a friend, actually. She was, she's well into her 50s. She's at the age where she, well, she wants to do things that fulfill her heart. You know, mm-hmm. like money, money is important. Don't get me wrong. Money is really, really important. But at the same time, she wanted to do something that had a spark. So she actually texted me, texted the group that we are in. And she asked, what do you guys think of me? Right? Like it's, so I think that's the very common way of asking other people what they thought of you. And then you collate that. But I feel like that's a little bit impersonal. Not to say you can't get insights from that. You can. So that's one way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I invited her into a call and we did something called the perfect novel exercise. So what happens is that um, we just kind of look back into maybe the whole range of her life. So she was like in her 50s, right? So we just kind of work back till when she was zero, just born. Mm-hmm. And take a look at what each time period had to offer you. It's wonderful because we don't necessarily look back and think of it in all like, oh, this time period taught me this. We could look back and say, oh, my mom did that. (laughs) That's why it screwed me up for the rest of my life. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, I want to challenge whoever who's listening to think about it this way. What if they happen for a reason? What if there's a gift hidden in every time period? It may sound simple, this exercise. But honestly, when I do this with my client, wow, like the depth that happens Mm -hmm. is so massive. You get to see like all these threads, it all starts to make sense. Like how you are today starts to make sense. And in a way that, oh, I have learned this. You know, at the start when I told you I'm made for this, yeah, I really truly feel that way. Like it's, I know that every single Every single period of my life had a lesson to give. And when I see them and when I collect them, I'm like, oh, all right. It was guiding me. It was like stepping stones to where I am today. And then at this point, I'm kind of almost standing at the top of the mountain going, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's very liberating. It's very, very liberating. Um, if you want to find out more, reach out to me and I'll, I can guide you through that. Yeah. Sounds like a cool exercise to try. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was wondering if you could share with us a client success story. I know you've already Mm -hmm. kind of mentioned a few, but um, yeah. Can you give us another example of like someone who came to you and uh, like a specific problem they had and then like kind of what was the transformation? Okay. I'll talk about this client that I interviewed. Just a couple of weeks ago before I went on vacation. Um, so she came to me. And so part of the part of the exercise I get them to do is also record a video when they um first sign up with me. And the reason I do that is because I want to capture the energy that they're in and where they're at also. 
And that's the truest version of it, right? Because I can't make it up. Like you're recording literally yourself. Right. And so we watched that video. We watched like the first video that she recorded. And at that point, she had bangs. She had bangs and it all—it almost covers her face. Right. We don't, it's very unconscious, these things. It's like, if we feel like we don't want to be seen, we use our hair, mm-hmm. we use something to hide ourselves. So yeah. that, at her, well, for her, it's her bangs. And she, did, she just didn't want to be seen. She felt maybe not good enough not good enough to speak up not good enough for her job just not good enough like it's just you know kind of almost trapped in some ways right um she was trying to grow her coaching practice and she also has a full-time job so working with me like just coaching on these elements of accepting more and more parts of herself I watch her transform in front of my eyes like it's so amazing she started she got it she got a promotion at a job mm-hmm. she got more responsibility and at the end of working with me she also signed on um 15, worth of clients as well like um, it was it's amazing. so insane because it's not about the monetary it's not about the achievement but really more about how she shows up yeah um she's consistent on social media she is unapologetic about what she says she is a thought leader. Her leader self came out. Um, she got a podcast. But it's, you know, sometimes like as a coach, I know that that's possible, but it still honestly gives me so much joy and surprise to see someone really kind of strip away like all these, I guess, beliefs and almost like this skin that they yeah. thought they had, they're stuck in. And I almost see them like, you know, taking it off and go like, this is the real me and well the most beautiful thing is that when someone just says this is me and people gravitate towards that they're unapologetic with them and that's what she is and that's where she's at and I don't doubt that she will go on and do great things she builds community Um, at this point she also built a community that she shares with that she guides and she helps people make friends Mm -hmm. Um, she teaches introverts how to just be introvert and not be not having to be anything else so we hold on messaging um she we come up with a branding all based on well the work the work inspires what comes out of it Mm -hmm. the colors the messaging all of that so yeah like that's one story but honestly can't be more proud yeah, that's awesome. And I have to ask, did she grow out her bangs or did she cut them higher? Or did anything? Yeah. It's funny, right? Because we both didn't notice it. Um, it just right. grew out. <laughs> it oh just grew out. Yeah. And um, she just did a brand photo shoot. Oh, like owning, just owning herself, you know? Yeah. And I, I, can't, I can't explain it. it because when we work at the root cause, it doesn't impact only one aspect of life. It's every aspect of life. Yes. She told me that because of our work, it inspired her to actually book, I think it was five weeks long of trip, like an international trip to go see her friends in Singapore. And um, yeah, like, and do a solo trip. It was so, mm-hmm. it awesome. is so crazy. I cannot explain like how it overflows into what part of the life. 
but I just know that it be- she's becoming more and more herself. And you can see that your relationships improve. You can see that your work improves because of this work that is core. Like when you see the yeah. core thread, it just ripples out to every single part of your life, not just business. Yeah. Although she came to me for business though, but <laughs> well, you you can't like when you work like that, it can't just be one aspect because it's not a strategy. It's right. you, it's a being. She's actually stepping into the version of herself that she wants to be. Yeah. And of course that would spill over into all aspects of her life because she's human. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that is a really lovely place to end things on for today. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Where can people find you online if they want to connect and reach out? And do you have any offers or upcoming things you want to promote? You can find me uh, at Loka Creates on Instagram. Um, I'm sure like that will be in the show notes as well. Yes, it will. Um, so Loka Creates on Instagram. And if you want to find me on Facebook, that would be Lillian Cole, L-I-L-I-A-N with single L, K-H-A-W. So that's my Facebook. Same for LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I'm with Lillian Cole as well. Um, so those are the three main platforms that I'm on. Well, if you would like to, well, okay, I would like to encourage you to follow me because I'm going to be running workshops every single month, actually. Mm-hmm. And the next one that's coming up, I'm running it with a friend called Danny. And we're actually going to touch on AI, oh, cool. how to use AI in your business mm-hmm. um, in terms of branding and marketing. It'll be exciting. So well, follow me and I'll post more about that and yeah. DM me because it's going to be quite soon. I'm going to announce it quite soon as well. So, Okay, awesome. I'll put all that in the show notes for sure. Um, Thank you, um, Emma. And my final question for you that I ask all my guests is what final advice can you give our listeners for living a wild, creative life? I guess be fearless with it. Even if it feels like other people are gonna label you as crazy or judge you or you're afraid that you're gonna be outcasted for it yeah like just follow that and express it in small amounts and see how it feels Mm -hmm. and make it safe make it safe to be you like I I think I can't emphasize more on safety yeah like is it safe to be a little bit wild, a little bit crazy. And I feel like if you normalize normalize that fear and make it like a little bit comfy to be there, that's where more of you will appear. I love that. That's very, very good advice. So thank you so much, Lillian, for joining me. It was a real pleasure. Oh, thank you, Emma. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation today with Lillian. I hope you enjoyed our talk and got something out of it. If you are interested in connecting with Lillian and finding out more about her work, all of her links are in the show notes below. If you're enjoying the podcast overall, please do rate and review. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, and share. I also have a Patreon for the show if you'd like to support it that way. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas for future episodes, please email me at emmacavetna at gmail.com. Otherwise, until we meet again, stay wild, stay creative. <laughs>